All right, folks, welcome back to the What the Futures podcast. I hope everybody's having a fantastic start to their positive Friday. I uh, I shouldn't say start. I don't know what time you actually listen to this thing. But anyways, I hope you're having a good day, whatever day of the week it is that you're tuning in. Of course, episode 15 is brought to you by John Deere. Again, John Deere, we appreciate your support of the What the Futures podcast. Much more to come from them in the very near future. And uh, February's a big month. I think Commodity Classic here is later this month. So we will stay tuned for what's coming from John Deere updates at uh, Commodity Classic. I am recording at the Farming Smarter Conference here in Lethbridge, Alberta. My first time in Lethbridge, Alberta. It's a great place to visit. I uh, had some uh, great Mexican food last night and uh, a nice little downtown area. So it's been, uh, it's been a good uh, couple days here. Uh, as you can see behind me, I'm recording in the Agai 3 uh, booth here at the show. And uh, I love that slogan behind me. You're not average, so your crop protection shouldn't treat you that way. They are vis- very, very busy over at Agai 3. Uh, if you're looking for an alternative or um, something different, for your risk management needs in 2024. Go look them up, agi3.ai. You can see it on the banner right behind me. Uh, all right, folks, it is, uh, I am here bright and early, but we are gonna give these uh, earbuds a pretty good test today because I've got music playing behind me and people starting to filter into the event. So we'll see what happens. You never know, might even have a special guest pump by uh, as, uh, as a recording here. Um, it's gonna be a little bit of a, a shorter episode compared to the last couple, uh, just because uh, internet connection has been a little bit of a struggle here, so we weren't able to record with with anybody else. Uh, so keep it short and uh, have some fun with it. Uh, do you guys remember back in uh, episode one? Like we're at episode fifteen. We're not even that far along, but episode one, I, I joked would be the least listened to episode. So I, I was kind of joking about. The sound quality could be poor and yada yada because it was going to be the least listened to episodes. Well, sometimes you call the easy ones because that is the case by a long shot. Uh, it's actually pretty fun to see how the numbers here for us have climbed over the last couple of months. And uh, episode one is way at the bottom. So if you want to give episode one a little bit of love, you know, go listen to a couple minutes so the, the uh, numbers uh, perk up a little bit on that one. But anyways, it was kind of fun. Uh, all right. Um, a little bit more of a serious tone here for just a, a moment, folks. But um, just in regards to mental health, just for a second. Um, I know that, you know, I could sit here and and talk about markets and, and you know, give some indication or, or suggestions on what to look at. And um, I, I just want to know that I know that it's extremely stressful out there. Um, it, it's painful. You know, like I'm recording on February 15th. On Valentine's Day, the Corona market just gets crushed here once again. And I just want to remind everybody tuning in to check on check on, on your people, check on other folks, check on your neighbors um, right now. <clears throat> it's not, it wasn't an easy year. And it's not an easy year for most farms out there. It's been extremely hard this winter, especially for crop marketing. And and yields weren't spectacular for many in 2023. So I don't know where your local watering hole is or or what your vice could be. Or, you know, maybe it's something like going and shooting skeet or 
um, tossing rocks down a frozen sheet, you know, whatever makes you smile, whatever that is, don't forget to fit that in right now. Um, escape for a little bit. Hopefully go chat with some people, do something you enjoy and feel a little bit better, at least for um, the evening or for a couple of days. Um, you know, we don't know each other. If you're listening, I probably don't know you uh, or know you very well, but I'm also here all the time. Uh, if anyone wants to connect, just message me. I'm always up for a good bullshitting session. And uh, I just, um, I know it's tough slugging out there, folks. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say keep your chin up and, you know, put or put your boots on or whatever, like whatever the sayings are. Instead, reach out to the people around you and to your neighbors and your other folks. And if you can get together for coffee, whatever it is, I just think it's important right now to, to get together a little bit. It's the dead of winter. I know it hasn't been as miserable, but it's the dead of winter. It's been a tough year farming, tough year, tough winter of crop marketing. But just connect, and, I, and that will help everybody out. All right. Again, short and sweet today for our show. So I've got my, my hot topic. I have two of them. Uh, we'll get to I've got just a one egg headline. I want to talk about USDA, uh, some Outlook stuff. Uh, some crop price updates, which aren't very fun, and uh, our Eat the Veggies uh, section as well. And then at the end, I, I might tee up who's coming up here in the near future. It's actually been a busy week of recording uh, with the podcast. We have a couple of specials coming out, one of them being with Christy from Rebellion Farms. And uh, just putting the final touches on that hopefully goes out over the weekend. Uh, but Christy's farm experience lack of payment from a grain company and we're going to talk about that a little bit in great detail so that episode is going to be uh, specific to that and a couple other things on the go uh, so next week i'll try to make up for it i'll, I'll uh, see if i can get mike lee with us our russian ukraine uh, agronomist he's going to come in and help us out apparently a big crop coming in russia already so we got to talk about that and uh, we're going to have uh, weather as well get a bit of a spring update on our weather forecast uh, of course you can follow our journey here what the futures across social media and coming soon to tiktok as well i've been convinced that i need to get on tiktok so apparently a lot of you are and uh, i guess i got to get on that space uh, also uh one last thing here i am clearing out the last of my my clothing i don't have a lot left uh, i've got some earmarked for uh donations and a few things like that but i got a couple hoodies left or a couple t-shirts if you're interested in any what the future's clothing or swag just send me a message with your size and then i can send you what's left I'll send you a picture of what's left it's not much but i do want to clear out for the spring i'll always have hats um what the future's hats i've got more coming and maybe i'll have one item kicking around one piece of clothing or something i don't know um, but I just like to clear this out because I'm not in the retail business and uh, I'd like to get some shelves uh, space back in the old garage. All right, a positive moment for this week for me. Um, so I went over, my daughter and I were out last, um, well, it must have been last Friday actually, and uh, we had an appointment and my daughter's three. And I asked her, where do you want to go for lunch? Uh, it was like late morning. And uh, she said, she looked at me and she said, dad, let's go to Costco. And I said, I want to go to Costco for lunch. She said, yeah, let's go to Costco. So we go to Costco 
of course, you can't go to Costco and just have lunch. So we bought a few things. Did about 11 taste testers. I'm not sure why we even needed to grab a hot dog at the end, but we did. So, of course, the, uh, the cafeteria area, where you sit, is, is full. And there's this older couple, and they said, hey, uh, you're looking for a spot to sit? We said, yeah. And they said, well, if you don't mind, you know, come sit with us. Sure, I said. Are you sure, though? Because we're once we sit down, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot to tell you. And uh, they said, "No, it's fine." So, anyways, we sit down with this couple. We find out that they're retired. They live moved from Vegreville to Camrose. And as we're talking, this gentleman, uh, he retired from the the egg industry. He uh, was. Uh, they built a grain elevator at Legacy Junction, just outside Camrose. I should have looked at the date. I want to look at the date before recording. But anyways, this guy, one of his jobs uh, is uh, he had to go to 15 or 18 communities and let them know that they were shutting down their local elevator and that all deliveries were now going to this behemoth, this mega facility at Legacy Junction. And I just was thinking about how, what type of like those meetings would have been tense. Um, it would have been something new, something strange. And that was his job here. At one point, he went and had to talk to all these communities and let them know that we're building this massive facility and that's where you're going to be delivering. I think it was Alberta Wheat Pool that built it. Uh, anyways, he talked about how the facility was so new and exciting it was open 24 hours a day seven days a week they had hot food when you were delivering you could have a lunch or supper or whatever they always had coffee on um they were paying trucking which i'm assuming is more of that canadian wheat board um freight assistance thing but i'm not sure we didn't get into that but honestly by the time we finished talking about this place it sounded like a paradise you had to deliver further but it was an amazing experience. So anyways, you just never know who you're going to run into. And we ended up chatting with them for, it must have been close to an hour. And um, it was uh, just a great little, great little visit. We ended up knowing some of the same people and we had worked in some of the same facilities as well. He worked out at Star and I worked out at Star. So it was pretty cool to see. All right, second positive moment. Uh, Speaking events, I've now got like five on the calendar here into March. Uh, so thank you for reaching out. Um, I'm chatting with a bunch of farmer groups. And if you want me to come out to your event, just let me know, uh, reach out and uh, I'm looking forward to them. And then my last one, you know, like I know it's tough. It's been tough crop marketing. So I got three positive moments for this week. But you know, when you finally you sold something and you don't know, maybe it was a big sale, a lot of bushels, and you're you're nervous that I made that sale and the market's going to climb and I'm going to look like an idiot. But you know when you do make that sale and then the market drops and you look back and say, geez, I feel pretty good now. Like I made that sale and I'm a buck or a buck 50 or whatever it is ahead of the market. That kind of happened for me this week, like that feeling, because wheat futures have absolutely you know collapsed here this week we fell through some support and uh so now you look back and say geez that sale i made in december actually feels pretty good so i hope you get that little feeling as well uh because i got a little bit of that this week 
Uh, all right, a mailbag seg segment. I don't have any new questions here, but it is brought to you by Pioneer Seeds, uh, which is, of course, Tower Farms and Jacob and Becky Boychuk. We give away a bag of canola seed every month. That's worth like 800 bucks. And uh, we have a couple people in. Tyler's in, Scott's in so far. A couple questions coming through, but a quiet week. All you have to do is email ryan at whatthefuturespodcast.ca. That's all you have to do, ryan at whatthefuturespodcast.ca. Ask me a question. It could be a crop marketing question. It could be about weather or whatever. You can ask me anything you want, and I'll try to find you an answer. I'll Google it for all of us, and we'll 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 get the answers for you. And uh, if you do that, you get your name entered to win number one, a bag of canola seed. But the podcast here is also giving away a trip to Nashville, Tennessee, trip for two with Marlon Travel. And I got to get my mom on to talk about Nashville here in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to give that away at the end of March. All you have to do is ask a question. That's it. Uh, all right. Um, I've got. Uh, let's switch to. Uh, let's switch to the hot topic here. And I've got. I've got two. Okay. Well, number one. So, wheat futures have just fallen apart. Um, and I, I. I. Well, if I look back. Um, where is it in my show notes here? So back in like episode, I don't know, six, eight, ten for sure, 13, 14, I talked about selling wheat, sell wheat, sell wheat. Um, I've been selling wheat all since late last year. I've been selling wheat in big chunks, selling wheat. And it really hasn't burnt me at all um, at this point. But you know, as we as we sit here in mid February, uh, I just uh, want to highlight as a hot topic that wheat has fallen through its support level. Okay, a major support level, and are we going to see rallies again? One hundred percent, we are. But as of recording here, bright and early, it's it's down another nickel. May is trading at six fifty eight. I kind of was using that. <clears throat> pardon me that 690 level seven dollars of support well here we are now at 658 and when you look at the charts i'm not a chart expert please you know talk to an expert but to see a drop down to 615 for futures or six dollars not out of the question the demand has still been strong across the prairies i would say i've been pretty happy with demand and I still, even today, the demand seems fine. Basis levels are still hanging in. Not as good as they were, but still pretty decent. Like, it hasn't been a big game changer. Um, but I would say, uh, I just need you to know that for wheat, we have fallen through the support. We are making our way to our next line of support, which is could be down another 50 cents here. We'll see. But as you can see the trend, right? Everything is under the gun here and under pressure and... And wheat is no different. Spring wheat is no different. So if you haven't done anything yet, folks, like I don't do I throw it in the eat your veggie section like once again? <laughs> I've been talking about it so much, but um, I, I get it, folks. You can be a bull in the spring. I get it. I'll be a bull in the spring too. We'll, we'll all be bullish in the spring, but we got to get there. Okay, we got to get there. We're not there yet. Uh, second hot topic here is. Uh, you guys have all seen this now. So canola demand is picked up. Okay. 
So there's, uh, I got a message from a green company. Don't want to pick on them too much here, but uh, I'll just say it. I won't read it word for word, but it, it was about delivering your canola and then pricing it whenever you want between now and July. If you want to price it in May, it's a $5 fee. If you want to price it in July, it's going to be a $10 ton fee. Okay. But what I want to say, folks, and if you've delivered grain to them on this today, like don't beat yourself up. But what I want to say is if you, if they need it, okay, and we're seeing basis specials all over the prairies, all across the prairies from your line companies. We sold over a million tons to China. They're filling that in. Okay. Do so you have that demand? Why would you just bring it to them? Like, why would you just say, hey, here you go? So I can think of a few reasons. Number one, if your canola is coming out of condition or you are worried about your canola coming out of condition, that's a reason, right? Because heated canola is worth a few bucks less per bushel. Um, maybe you want to get delivered before road bands come on. Maybe you've been stalling and stalling and now you're like, hey, I want to clean this out before road bands. Okay, that's another reason. But your reasons are about logistics and about... Um, uh, you know, condition and, and maybe cash flow as well. But if you're doing this deal, you're pricing right away. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean, right? And so you're, you're not making the company work very hard for it because what needs to happen, markets are falling. Farmers do not want to sell. And so you, you want to, you need to get to a price point that, that gets that excitement going, gets that selling going. And maybe they throw out, like I've seen a bunch of zero basis in Alberta. You know, maybe they throw it that or something. Yeah, that was at the Crusher at Cargill. But, um, you know, maybe they throw something like that. But it's got to be a number that sticks with you that you look at and say, ooh, that's, that's worth it. I want to take a bite at that or that, that's interesting. But if you're just going to deliver it to them, then all you're doing is saying, okay, I'll deliver it now. I don't need the cash. I hope that the market rallies in the spring. And, it, you know, it should. Um, but that's the play. And they don't have to work for it. They have it now. Okay. And so, again, everyone's got different reasons. Crop marketing plans are all about making sure you got the right money in the bank at the right time for the banker um, and getting the best price possible in that window. But, um, you know, I just don't give it away for nothing. Like, like if they need to work for it here, make them, make them work for it a little bit. Like, make them give you something that, that is worthwhile. You can even do one of the fun things that I used to do back in the day is I would say, okay, you want my canola today and uh, maybe I have another commodity to sell. So it's like, hey, you want this. That's great. Give me your best offer. But also you're going to give me a little juice here, a little more on, on this other crop because I want to move this one too or or whatever it is. Use both as leverage. And the and the, the best one was when you could actually tie that in with something in, for new crops. So you'd say, you know what? I want to do a, a ton for ton. I'm going to give you a you know, 40 tons now, but I want 40 tons in the fall and I want a premium over there and uh, I want that premium to look like X. Like you can get creative here, folks. It's all a negotiation. And I know you guys love negotiating. Okay. So have some fun with this and negotiate. Don't just say, Hey, you want it for free? Here you go. Uh, my truck's coming. Unless of course you, you need to do it. All right. Those are my hot topics. Um, egg headlines, agricultural headlines. I know I'm not your new source and I shouldn't be your new source. Um, but the USDA did put out, um, so this week is the Ag Forum, and they talk about acres. And you 
you definitely have already heard these numbers, but I just want to talk about them anyway. So they come out with uh, projections for acres and so on. So soybean planting acreage for 2024 has come in at 87.5 million acres. Now that was half a million acres above initial estimates and a full million acres above the average trade guess. That's 4 million acres more than they had in 2023. So my bulls out there, my canola bulls, okay? This crop is not planted in the U.S. Lots of things can change. Ratios change, corn rallies, maybe more acres happen. But I just, when you look at oil seeds as a whole, and we could see the same thing in Western Canada. I had, uh, actually had a great comment from Stu the other day. Um Stu was talking. Stu was talking about um, cropping plans, and he said, in his situation, if his canola coverage is strong compared to his lentils, you know, he's still going to put that canola acre in because it's going to give him that best chance uh, to to you know hold his own here on the farm in, for the next year, like to to tread water, you know, like. Anyways, if the coverage is good, he's, he's going to look at that compared to lentils. Because I believe earlier in our show, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, canola acres dropping. But anyways, coverage is going to be super important. So anyways, what I'm saying, canola acres could hold or climb a little bit too. So I know my bulls here are saying, Ryan, your canola is rallying in the spring like gangbusters. Okay, time will tell. I'm on record. You guys know where I think canola is going here over the next four weeks. I talked about it a uh, couple of weeks ago. I even gave it uh, gave it up in my predictions episode, which is baloney, but you can go listen to it. You guys kind of know where I think. It's lower from here. It's lower from here. And when you see something like this, where the U.S. farmer is going to plant more beans, pay attention, folks, because if you start to build that soybean ending stock, to a level that's uh, you know a little bit uh, burdensome. Now, but then all of a sudden your your oil seed complex is looking a little bit more bearish here, folks. And the pain is it, it looks like it's not over <clears throat> quite yet. Okay, so both corn and soybeans will start out with uh, some pretty hefty ending stocks uh, from at least from an estimate side, and more than adequate carryouts for the current marketing season. Uh, some of the more interesting things, the corn yields, so the yield trends, they have it at 181 bushels per acre, okay? <clears throat> That's down uh, half a bushel from 2023. Uh, soybeans, they have it 52, which is equal to last season. So um, now when it comes to actual yields, they've fallen short of the egg form estimates uh, for five straight years. So I guess we can't put a lot of stock into that quite yet. So that that's kind of my big uh, my big story for this morning. Uh, so you got to keep an eye on those trends, folks, because there there are implications there. The other thing I had for a story here this morning, and uh, this one's a little bit uh, a little bit concerning, uh, especially for my wife. But in the Okanagan, they had a pretty extreme cold snap, and the article talks about um, the. Uh, uh, the grapes um, being almost a complete write-off for the 2024 vintage. 
346 to 445 million dollars of damage in wine country a province over from me um guys what do i tell my wife what do we do obviously we fill the cellar right we got to be smart about it and hedge hedge our risk here but uh it's um we got to get something bought and get something stored and uh cover our bets because uh it looks like the 24 vintage is going to be non-existent so if you enjoy a glass of red every once in a while or i guess from the okanagan it's more white uh, <clears throat> do the smart thing um i have to put that in eating our veggies this week uh get that supply stocked up because uh those those grapes are are in a little bit of trouble and there's a lot of damage out there from the cold snap all right um what else did i have here for egg headlines there was one other thing all right i'll save it for the next episode failing me failing me at this time I don't know if you guys can hear the music just just humming in the background, but it's fantastic. All right, uh, crop price updates. Um, a couple of things for me to highlight here. I would say uh, we won't. Let's not spend too much time in here. But canolas, thirteens. I guess I'll call it both old and new crop. Um, you guys know my thoughts, though. It, Still going to get worse for the next month. So, uh, again, stuff slugging out there. Um, canola futures. Uh, we did lose some ground yesterday. Valentine's Day was a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a rough day. Uh, May's trading down to five eighty nine here as of recording, and we just we've been trending sideways the last week to ten days, and uh, we've. You know, we did trade these levels back on February 7th, but um, it looks like we're going to break now, and, and that's going to be towards the downside in this market. And everything I've read lately continues to talk about markets grinding lower, uh, at least for the short term here. So I know my bulls are going to hang in, but just uh, that's where we're that's where we're going. Uh, spring wheats, I did see an 850 out there in southern Saskatchewan for spring wheat. Um, but for the most part, we have a lot of low eights out there. You know, we've lost, uh, well, from a futures perspective here, we've lost about, what, 40 cents here lately. Basis has not picked that up from what I can see. And uh, now we're trending towards the low eights. And even for our family farm, you know, our buyer sent us a message and, uh, you know, bless her heart, you know, it's drumming up business and making a recommendation for the farm here. But the wheat price had a seven and like a mid seven and the target was for a mid seven. Well, I don't know about your farm, but our farm ain't making any money at mid seven. So I guess we're going to have to wait it out a little bit longer at our place. It's hard to lock in a loss before uh, you plant seed in the ground. In fact, in most cases, I don't recommend it. Um, you have a lot of time to market the 24 crop and to book a loss this early you, you just have to be determined that the markets are never going to recover from these levels and that's why you would book it but in my career in my past whenever i booked some, a small amount of crop at a loss it just never really panned out it, it was never my highest contract that's for sure so i don't know we'll see if history repeats itself but <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at for spring wheat uh peas i'm still seeing some Old crop yellow peas at 13. There's a lot of 12s out there as well. 
Um, and I've got uh, new crop, you know, tens. Yellow peas are basically holding in. No big changes out there. Old crop, you'll see those varying prices because uh, some buyers need to fill some cars and other buyers are a little bit uh, covered. So new crop 10 to 10.25. Now, just think about this, though. If you go to crop rankings for a second and you take your spring wheat price down at $8 and you hold your peas, you know, at 10.25, your, your <coughs> spring wheat's dropping all the way to the bottom. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, low protein spring wheat's going to come in at the absolute worst here. But you're like a couple hundred bucks an acre. You got to pay your overhead out of that. Uh, you're taking on uh, losses. It could be $50, $80, an acre on your spring wheat. So, again, I'm not super excited about spring wheat. But when I look over at a yellow pea price of north of $10, you know, if that's in your rotation, why, why wouldn't you go ahead and take some of that, right? Um, take some of that margin when you can uh green peas i've got 1950 is a high across the prairies for old crop you know i'd give a shot at 20 out there see what happens new crop lots of uh, varying bids for new crop green peas 1250 um is the lowest price i've got a couple of 1250s i got a 1350 and i got a 14 as well so green peas for new crop you gotta make a few extra phone calls uh, oats, I basically got five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Lots of $5 oats out there. Malt barley, I've seen some old crops still as high as about seven, uh, southern Saskatchewan. So keep an eye on that one. If someone, if you have malt barley and someone's going to come give you a, a seven right now, you, you have to take that, guys. You got to take it, okay? Um, all right, and then for new crop malt, I got 635, 650, and 675. So it's all basically in line with freight and all that good stuff. Uh, flax, I've got 1550 on both sides, old crop and new crop as well. So, um, yeah, I know there's a little bit in there to, uh, to digest, um, a whole bunch of stuff in there. Uh, I, uh, I looked up other bids as well. Nothing really caught my attention for lentils, red lentils. I have old crop 32-ish cents, 32 and a half, new crop 30 cents per pound. And then for green lentils, I didn't see anything that really stood out. It seemed very consistent yet on uh, on green lentils for both old and new crop. Um, what else did I look at for prices? Yeah, I think that, that kind of covers it. Um, all right, so eating our veggies, and we're going to wrap up the show here, folks, in a minute. The crowd's pouring into the Farming Smarter Conference in Lethbridge, Alberta. Uh, we've got uh, last week for eating our veggies, because it's the right thing to do, quote unquote, <laughs> seek the advice of a professional. Um, but I, I asked you to, to price new crop malt barley. So I want to say good job, Dad. Uh, Dad must have listened to the podcast, got some new crop malt on the books so good job man um spring wheat i i've been asking you guys to price spring wheat forever so i'm not going to put it in this week because you were supposed to do it already okay um, but if you didn't do the malt you can still do that get after that malt so we'll carry that one forward um for wheat though i oof, we gotta just i don't know it's still going lower folks but hopefully you listen to the advice in the last six or eight episodes because we talked about it a lot um green peas we said last week don't mess around 
prices will drop and they are starting to for new crop. So if you're a green pea grower, you don't have any new crop covered off yet, get after it. Secure the bag, folks. Go in and lock that up. Uh, we talked about generic chemical. I haven't seen much change in price there, but just some good buys, I would say. And then hopefully you did learn a new strategy last week. But if you haven't, let's carry it forward for this week as well for your eating the veggies section. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap up the episode with that. Um, you will see a bonus episode over the weekend here with Christy uh, Friesen from Rebellion Farms. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, mental health and then what happens when you don't get paid from a grain company. So we'll cover that off. Uh, and then I have a couple of other things in the hopper as well. So uh, quite a bit coming from the What's the Futures podcast here in the next couple of days. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this one, folks. Uh, again, I am in the AgI3 booth at the Farming Smarter Conference. Strongly encourage if you're looking for an alternative to your risk management plan in 2024, give these folks a call. Go to the website. They will respond very quickly. They are uh, engaging with millions of acres right now across the prairies and uh, farms are checking out to see what's available to help them manage risk here in 2024. It's an alternative to crop uh, insurance, crop protection, yield-based crop insurance, as you can see here uh, right below me. So give them a shout and uh, see what they can come up with for your farm. Uh, that's it, folks. I'm out. <laughs>